0: Welcome to another episode of Lawyers for Immigrants with your host, Ife He, President of the Law Office of Ife He, where they are dedicated to helping immigrants and new Americans. In every episode, Ife interviews attorneys across different practice areas and asks them how they are helping immigrants. You can find this show on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and at www.ifeehilaw.com. Now here's the host of Lawyers for Immigrants, Iife He.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to my show, Lawyers for Immigrants. My name is Iife He, and I am the host of this podcast. I'm also an owner of immigration law firm, the office of ife He PLC, where we help immigrants and new Americans adjust to life in the U.S. And on this show, as well as every other episode, I interview non-immigration lawyers and ask them how they are helping immigrants. And today, my guest is Ryan Welsh of the law firm of Walsh and Grad. They're they're a real estate and landlord-tenant firm located in Queens, New York. So Ryan, welcome to our show.
2: Thank you very much for having me.
1: You're welcome. Ryan and I actually, we we have our child go to the same school. That's how we met. And uh, we we just happen to be lawyers. And Ryan actually started his practice, solo practice several years ago. Is that correct, Ryan?
2: I've been doing it for a long time, unfortunately. I'm an old man. (laughs) And yes, our children go to the same school, which is really nice.
1: Great. So tell me about yourself and what got you into your current area of law?
2: Uh, Essentially, you know, happenstance. You know, I graduated law school and I was um, bouncing around a little bit and I got lucky enough to, to work with somebody who was doing criminal law. He took me under his wing and uh, I built the real estate practice out of his criminal attorney office. Um, and we were able to just grow that real estate practice from, you know, one person to now 10 which is really nice. Um, our firm represents buyers, sellers, and lenders throughout New York and New Jersey. Uh, we do residential and commercial. And we work with a lot of first-time homebuyers, a lot of uh, new immigrants, right? They're coming to the U.S. They're buying their first homes or co-ops, right? Condos. So uh, we work with a lot of people um, that are just coming to the, to this country or uh, you know, four nationals that want to buy investment properties, right? We work with those as well. Our firm used to be located in Elmhurst, right on Broadway, which was like the epicenter of new immigrants, right? Uh, we had 120 languages spoken in the uh, area, and we literally had every, every type of food, every type of culture that you'd want in like a five block radius. <laughs> so yeah, it was pretty crazy.
1: That's great. Um, so what exactly do you do that helps immigrants and uh, companies, uh, multinational companies?
2: Well, you know, for us, we're real estate attorneys. So our job really is to uh, help help uh, a buyer or seller shepherd them through the process right? of buying a property or selling a property. Um, you know, if you're a first-time home buyer, you're an immigrant or you're someone who's not familiar with the process, of buying or selling real estate, you really want to hire an attorney that's not that's that's really looking after your best interest, right? That's going to protect you, um, and that's what we try to do. We pride ourselves on trying to be, uh, you know, professionals that really look after the interests of the client, um, because you know you're buying or selling, you know, a property that's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. We really want to make sure that your interests are protected, and. Um, uh, a lot of times, you know, there are bad people that will try to take advantage of, like, a, a, you know, someone that just moved to this country or a, a new immigrant or a foreign national is trying to buy. So, you know, again, we want to make sure that we try to protect the client's interest, which is very important.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've heard stories of people being taken advantage of. Um, like, for example, I've heard stories of people buying something but not actually not having title to it. So... Can you give us some examples of how or why immigrants should be afraid of, um, you know, the market right now?
2: Well, I mean, I think I think it really comes down to sometimes it's language, right? You know, if they don't speak the language and they're relying on their attorney uh, to translate the documents because all the documents are in English. If they're if they speak Spanish or Mandarin or or some other language, uh, like Russian, uh, they have to depend on the attorney to for 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 everything right and they gotta hope that that deed has their name on it and those documents are correct and you know and that's where you can run into uh, a foul where someone is is um working with the other side right so if you have a, a person who's trying to buy a property and the you know say for example the realtor refers the buyer to an attorney but the realtor is working for the seller And now that attorney is kind of guiding them in the wrong way or telling, you know, explaining the wrong things or not telling them what's really going on. That's where you can get fraud. Right. That's where that fraud can occur, um, where the the other side of the the transaction is all in cahoots. Right. So what I always tell people is get their referrals from the non-for-profit. I work with Neighborhood Housing Services, which is located in Woodside. Um, and they have vetted out good attorneys, lenders, realtors that are really there to protect that buyer's interest, right. Or that, that person's interest. Um, you know, I'm not saying all realtors are bad, but what happens is, you know, if the, if, if you have a bad, you know, if, if you have a lot of people that are doing bad things, then they try to keep everything in house. Right. So they try to refer the attorney, the lender, um, you know, the, the home inspector, and the buyer thinks that they have a good team, but in reality, those people are all working for the, the other side, and that's where that fraud, again, can take place. Okay,
1: and what kind of instances have you seen of fraud where someone has been taken advantage of? What are the consequences of falling into like, this trap?
2: Well, I mean, you know, I, the other day um, we, had a, we had an estate that was trying to sell a property. When we went on to ACRIS, which is a database in New York City, that shows who owns the properties we found out that the cousin had actually deeded the property to herself after the death of the, the family member so that was that was fraudulent so when the estate came to me they said what do we do i said well you have two choices one ask your cousin to you know transfer the property back or we call the police and we put her in jail and we get the property back right hmm. so you know you have Certain circumstances like that, or again, you have you know the the realtor, the the home inspector, the lender, all in cahoots with the seller, and they're selling you know one property multiple times, right, to four four or five buyers, right, within it with a bad title company that gives title insurance, quote unquote, um, and then that that buyer doesn't own it because there's five people that also own it at the same time, and they're all trying to collect the funds. Uh, we had a transaction where um, we, were, we bought a property, we went to sell the property, we represented an investor, and before, uh, when, they, when uh, the buyer's attorney ran the title on our sale, they saw a lien. And we were like, that's surprising, because when we bought the property three months ago, there was no lien. But what we came to find out was that there's a lady, apparently, that goes around Brooklyn, and she put 120 liens on, on homes, Right, with the hopes mm-hmm. that, that when someone passes away, their family members, right, will say, Oh, okay, and pay the lady, not reali- not realizing that she was a bad person. She's a criminal. So we knew that she was a criminal, and we said to her, You have two choices, either release the lien or we'll put you in jail. And she released the lien. <laughs> so wow. you know, there's a lot of scam artists in, in real estate, unfortunately, you know, because the price points are very, very high, right? You know, in New York, uh, a one-bedroom, you know, condo is a million dollars, right? So these residential homes can go for a lot of money. And if someone also passes away, then, you know, you, you find people come out of the woodworks for a piece of that home that they may or may not be entitled to.
1: Right, right. So how is the real estate market generally in New York other than
2: the price? Well, I mean, right now, unfortunately, uh, mid-April, uh, the interest rates went up. So they went from 2% roughly to 5 to 6%. And that's that caused a halt on any refinances. So refinances have pretty much stopped here in New York since mid-April. Um, purchases and sales are continuing. But the problem that you face is that as the interest rates go up, because inflation goes up, Um, buyers are being priced out of the market. Just recently over the last, you know, this month, I would say, the price points are starting to drop. Even in Long Island, which was very hot due to COVID, um, the price points are dropping because the buyers no longer have the purchasing power to to afford the house, right? Um, We have a transaction on a new construction condo here in Long Island City, (coughs) excuse me, where the buyer uh, told me if he doesn't, if the interest rates go up, he would be unable to afford the property. So we had to put a cap, a time cap on the transaction. And if he couldn't buy the property within a certain time period, we could get a deposit back because he wasn't going to be able to afford it if the, if the rates, the interest rates keep rising as they're doing. Um, and the $1 to $5 million market, the price points are dropping um, considerably. And again, you know, uh, new construction condos in the in the five boroughs are starting to drop because there's a there's a um, a vast number of units available. So there are good deals on new construction condos if you have the if you can lock in your rate, uh, you know, at a reasonable rate, and you have the 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 cash.
1: Great. So. Tell us more about your work as a real estate attorney, in addition to protecting your, your clients, protecting buyers from uh, unwary or unscrupulous parties, uh, and also investigating the market rates. What, what have you done for your attorneys in terms of a real estate attorney point of view?
2: What, what, do, you, what do we do for the, the clients as a real estate attorney?
1: Yes, well, what do, you, what do you do and what do clients expect of you when they choose you to be their attorneys?
2: I think the buy, the clients expect the world right, to be available Monday through Sunday, 24 hours a day, Christmas, right, Easter, they, they don't mind or care. I did a, a contract signing on 4th of July. <laughs> so I think I think their expectations are essentially that that uh, particularly first-time homebuyers, because they're new and they're nervous, they, they always have a lot of questions and they want you to be accessible, right? Um, and again, just one question, at seven in the morning, just as one question, <laughs> All right? Um, but for us, really, we shepherd them through the process, right? If they're a buyer, our job is to protect their down payment because the money they put down when they sign the contract is what they can lose. And on the seller side, it's really to make sure that the pro- the transaction goes smoothly and they, they get their funds at the closing, right? That's really what we want to do. Um, but I think, you know, just like any business, is customer service, right? You know, you're an immigration attorney and you're fielding questions all day and responding to emails, texts, WhatsApp, WeChat, you know, whatever. It's the same with real estate attorneys. Um, real estate doesn't sleep, right? You know, they're doing open houses on the weekend, they're, they're getting, you know, offers being accepted at 10 o'clock at night. Um, so it's truly really a customer service business, right? And I think nowadays in America, we're all in customer service. Right, whether we work at Starbucks or we're an attorney or we're a doctor, it's just kind of what it, where we are now, and I think clients just want to have that accessibility.
1: I see. I see. Yes. So I mean, from from my understanding, you're uh, you've represented an entire country by yourself. So tell us more about I wouldn't that. Say
2: by, I wouldn't say by myself, but yes, I was lucky enough. Um, to represent a country in a purchase of a community center here in Queens for their people, which was really nice. Uh, it, it was a small country, right? But it still was a country. Um, and it was, uh, it, it was interesting experience because I spent a lot of time at the consulate dealing with the ambassador. Um, and that country actually has a King, which is kind of interesting. So the King was funding the project and we were dealing with the community group, uh, here in Queens. It was actually in, in, a, Elmhurst as well. Um, And we were dealing with the ambassador um, and um, she was a very nice lady, but she was very tough, you know, and you're sitting there in her office. And it must be a thousand degrees. I'm sweating after, after every question. I'm like, Oh my Lord, you know, but we, you know, we actually did a, we did a good job. Uh, It wasn't just me. It was a whole team. Uh, We used uh, a really good title company called Redstone title, uh, that had the, the, the pedigree uh, to do an international transaction like that, because it wasn't a standard cookie cutter, uh, you know, residential purchase. It was, you know, dealing with the department, of, with the State Department, getting sign offs from the consulate, from the State Department. Um, you know, we had, to, we had to go through a lot of hoops in order to have a country buy a piece of property in, in, in New York. So uh, we had a good team. We had a good team. And, um, you know, it's funny because, um, you know, we represent individuals who, you know, are buying a $80,000 co-op in the Bronx. And then we, we got to represent a country that was buying a commercial property, you know, for their people. So we have a good, good array of clientele, which is kind of nice.
1: Awesome. That's really interesting to hear because not a lot of people have that experience with representing an entire country or representing, you know, a king. So that's, that's
2: great. Uh... I know it's so wild, right? It's like, how many people have you run into that represented them? You know, it wasn't a big country, like I said. It wasn't like I got to represent the U.S., but you know, it was still a country. And what was kind of interesting was, um, I was at dinner <coughs> in Manhattan, and um, one of the one of the people that worked at the restaurant heard my name, and she goes, "Oh, you're Ryan Walsh." And I was like, "Oh no," right? Whenever you hear that, it's like, "Oh no, there's a problem," right? But she goes, yeah. I, she, and then she goes, I'm from X country. You helped us, you know, you know, buy this this facility. I was like, oh gosh, you know, like that's amazing, right? So, yeah, it's nice. Sometimes you get like, you know, you get a good feeling when you help people, you know, uh, which is nice.
1: Great. Well, let's talk about a really. I mean, we talked about immigrants. We talked about international uh, individuals and countries. What about those people who don't have any papers here in the U.S. and they want to buy property because property can be transmitted to the heirs. It's a great investment option. So what about people who don't have papers or are here illegally? Are they still entitled to buy property?
2: If they're here illegally? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I haven't run into anyone who is illegal, but we have a lot of foreign nationals that buy property um, and they don't have a social right, or a green card, say they're from, say they live in China and they're just buying a condo cash, (coughs) excuse me, Um, they can buy a property. Um, If hypothetically a a person was not legal, um, they could potentially buy a property too, right? You know, again, you don't need a social to buy a property. The the issue that you're going to face if you're foreign national or you're illegal is when you go to sell, because there's a, there's a law that says, That if you're not an American citizen, let's say, or a green card holder, you have to hold back 15% of the purchase price and give it to the IRS to ensure that you pay your taxes right on the transfer. So that may be a little bit of a pickle for someone who's not here legally and they go to sell a place, say they go to sell a property. But if they want to buy it, they want to have their family, that's fine. I I haven't seen an issue with that. Can they still get a loan from buying um, if
1: they don't Could have to the like,
2: I think, I, I, you know, I'm not a lender. Um, and the thing is, there's a wide variety of programs out there. You know, there's programs where you have to show your, you know, income and assets and your, you know, X, Y, and Z. And there's other programs out there that I'm hearing about where, you know, just, just um, essentially – um, come up with the 20% down, right? We'll give you the balance, right? So I think there's a wide variety, uh, wide range of, of loan products and services um, that, uh, whether or not you have the right documentation to be in the U.S., you could still get a pro- you could still get a mortgage, right? It may not be an FHA loan or a Sony May loan, but it may be just a conventional mortgage where it's no docs. Right, it's so a no-doc loan, um, and those products are, are provide are actually offered by a lot of mortgage brokers or mortgage banks in New York.
1: I see. And would these people, if they have those kinds of questions, be able to come to you so that you can shepherdize them to, through the process of not getting ripped off? If, for example, they just have twenty percent cash and they they found a the lender, would you be able to help them with you know closing a deal of that
2: sort? of Sure. I mean, the thing is, you know, if, if, a, if a client doesn't feel comfortable with the lender, they don't feel comfortable with, you know, the home inspector or the realtor or whatnot, you know, we can always refer them to someone that we feel is reputable. Right. Um, and, you know, there's different lenders for, for different situations or different people. Um, but we work with a variety of lenders um, and we always work with good loan officers that are not there to take advantage of the client. Right. You know, the idea is to do right by the client, have a good reputation, um, because we've been doing it for so long. We, we don't want to harm our reputation. We don't want to steal your $20 and then, you know, you, you know, we have an issue. Uh, we've been pretty blessed in the sense that um, we haven't had any real issues with clients. We've always tried to do right by the client. Uh, and when we refer them to somebody, we refer them to people that we worked with that we think are going to do right by them, you know um but it's like with anything right we had a client that came in uh yesterday to pick up his balance check and he thought it was supposed to be more than the check that he received and we kept showing him that well you you know last week you received two dollars and today you receive eight dollars that's the ten dollars right and he was like no you said ten dollars and we're like yes you received $2 last week and $8 this week. That's $10. And literally it was myself and another attorney in the office for about 45 minutes going, okay, $2 plus $8 is $10, right? Um, and I think by the end he got it, but, you know, he would have liked to get another $10. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you know, you got to, you know, it's it's never perfect, right? Real estate is never smooth right? It's, uh, you know, because you're dealing with people, you're dealing with the lenders, they have to appraise the property, there's a title report that needs to be ordered, there could be issues with the title. Um, So there's never a smooth process, right? Um, You know, there's always bumps in the road. And if you have reasonable expectations, you're not going to be disappointed, or you're not going to be always upset. But if you think that, you know, you make an offer on a property, and then you close the next day, that's not how it works in New York. You know it's a, a journey and you have to be you have to understand the journey you know
1: i see well that being said i think we're at the end of our show um so ryan if there's anything else you would like to add please feel free to do so if not no, just, we'll be closing
2: up no i just want to say thank you for your time Uh thank you for having me as your guest you know i appreciate it um you know i look forward to. Seeing you uh, soon, and your and your, your your child, and, uh, and to the, to your audience. Thank you for having me. I appreciate your time.
1: Thank you very much, Ryan. And I encourage everyone looking to buy a house to contact Mr.
0: Walsh.
2: Thank you. Thank you. You have a great day. Bye.
0: You've been listening to Lawyers for Immigrants with your host Eve a. He. You can find prior episodes on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify and at thank you for your positive reviews comments and sharing this show with others